I foresee, you know, where it's not so much, you know, just your resume anymore. And clients are looking for this as well, too, right? Like they're, they're, they're looking at your content now. Finding a new job can be tough. Finding a new job in tech can be more daunting. And finding a job in crypto and or Web3 can be downright complex. And so that's why on this episode, I was so excited to have on Trevor Talley from The Crypto Recruiter. Trevor shares with us his own story about how he got into recruiting and then crypto recruiting. And he dives deeper into what he's looking for in candidates and what companies are currently looking for when it comes to finding the right fit for their project. And as he said on the intro, gone are the days of just turning in your resume or your cover letter. Now, and especially in crypto, it's really important to have a curated Twitter, probably have your LinkedIn community growing, and to be building, not just in projects, but as I just said, building your community. Crypto is as much about its ecosystem and its cultural competency as it is anything else. So in this episode, let's dive into how to get hired in crypto and Web3 with Trevor. I'm Jarrett Carpenter, and this is More Than Blockchain. Trevor, welcome to More Than Blockchain. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Here we are, finally. <laughs> I know. On mic. <laughs> on mic, on mic, right? Seems like consensus was just uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was. seems like it was... It's all a blur. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, Okay, here, here, let me drop something on you. We are... In a couple of days, we're in June, which means we're almost done with Q2, which means we're halfway through 2023. And I feel like 2022 just ended. Is it that did. just me? And I think that we actually had a chance to first speak... This is well over a year ago at this point now. I have to look back at LinkedIn. It, it, it's a long time ago. You, no, you're right. It, it was. was. It's well over a year because I've been with the company now um, with the crypto recruiters for a year and nine months or so coming up. So it's it's coming up on two years pretty soon. So when I first started out, I think you were one of the first people I had a conversation with. That's true because it was in May or April of 2022 when I was looking for a new position and... Wow, you're right. So I was one of the first people. Yeah, yeah. I first want to ask how you got into crypto, and then we'll kind of get yep. into what you're looking for in in someone who's going to be working in the space. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then we'll go from there. We were just talking off mic, and you were saying <laughs> you were thinking, because like that's the other thing, too. Crypto feels so weird, because at some point, it's like, when did this thing come into my life yes. that now takes up time in my life? Yeah. And you were saying it's 2016. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you got into crypto. What was the thing? Yeah, so it was, uh, and it's interesting because it was one of my old classmates. And back at that time, right, I mean, Bitcoin had been around for a few years. And, you know, there weren't that many people that were talking about it, especially, you know, nothing mainstream, right? So for me, and the reason kind of this all connects, when I first started recruiting, and I've been doing this for over a decade now, the first job that I had was in a tech recruiting role. So, um before then, I'd just been like, you know, overall a nerd and just, you know, uh, ad- admired the overall kind of capacity, what technology could bring, especially back then, right? And um, I had a mutual connection. And this is, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the importance of networking, right? And, and what how big that is. But I was uh, looking for a new job. Um, I was working, doing life insurance and, you know, it was a full commission job. And I was like, you know what, I'm really not in love with this. It's okay. But I really want to do something where I'm able to, you know, connect with people more and bring all those things that I, I enjoy into, in you know, working, right? So I had a conversation with someone and they were like, hey, um, you like teaching people, right? I'm like, yeah, you love talking to people, right? I'm like, of course. They're like, uh, you like tech, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, my boss is hiring recruiters and uh, I'm going to have a conversation with him and you can work for us. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not technical. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. They're like, no, don't worry about it. You'll get it. So long story short, I uh, met with a couple of people from the team, had several interviews, and that's how my career in recruiting started. So fast forward several years, right, to kind of 2015, 2016, is when I first saw something about, you know, blockchain technology. It wasn't even Bitcoin. It was about blockchain. And I think it was like a Vice, a Vice special on HBO. And it was really kind of, you know, laid out so that the layman person could understand this, right? And it was talking about, you know, distributed ledgers and the 
21 million, you know, and things of that nature with Bitcoin and, um, you know, decentralization. And I was just like, wow, this is, something's clicking here. And I had understood enough being a IT recruiter that all these kind of things just started to click in my mind. And I was just like, whoa, this is, this is going to be huge. This is going to be really, really big. So after that, right, it was a few more years. I'd done a little bit of personal investing and things of that nature. And then uh, it really kicked off for me when I really started getting serious about it. It was that winter before COVID hit. And obviously, when COVID kicked off for everyone, it was just like a very tumultuous time, right? You know, there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things were going on. And I was working for a company at the time and um, I was working fully remote. And I remember, you know, getting that call and saying, we're going back, you know, everyone's going, leaving the office. It's only going to be for a few days. And that turned into, you know, weeks that turned into months. And, um, you know, I was working for a company at the time. And then what happened was my company, I was working for a nonprofit and they got bought out and uh, came into new leadership. So overall, you know, with the direction of where they were going, it really wasn't aligned with what I was doing. And I was spending at that time, gosh, I mean, I can't even count the hours of how much time I was spending researching and learning about crypto. And like, I was all in it by that time, right? It was no longer, you know, looking at this as just something that I'm researching. I was investing in it. I was trying to educate people about it. I was an advocate about it. I was a believer in it. Any waking hour outside of work, I was spending time, you know, being all in in crypto and blockchain and, and, and learning about that. It wasn't even Web3 at the time, I don't think. So fast forward a little bit more. It was the September 2021 um, so it was like that, that summer, so August of that time. And, you know, I really made the decision. This is the first, one of the first times where I said, you know what, I'm going all in on this. I'm putting all my faith in it. I'm no longer going to be the person that's just talking about it. I'm going to do it. And I was, had my mind made up that I was going to enter into, you know, crypto blockchain web three at the time. And I gave my notice. <laughs> I decided to go on vacation with my partner at the time. We went to the West Coast. We spent some time out there, met her family in, uh, in Washington. And I started off in Seattle and then went up through, um, you know, Washington State and Metal. And then, you know, we went to uh, Oregon. So we, we, did, we did a little, you know, trekking around the, 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 the Northwest. Um, and I came back and I started applying to hundreds of jobs. In crypto? In crypto. Only crypto. Hundreds of jobs. Every day. And it wasn't like, you know, 10, 10, it was like literally hundreds. And anything that was out there that you can think about, I was doing it. I was spending, you know, tons of time. And I was, I, I was getting, you know, people that were reaching out to me, other recruiters that were from other industries that I had experience in, that I could definitely do that kind of work. But I said, nope, it's all crypto, all in. And it's funny because at the time, you know, uh, like a lot of people that want to enter in the space, they, 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 they tend to go for like the big, well-known companies, right? That's really kind of their main motivation and their targets. So I applied to the Coinbases and the Geminis and, you know, all the different exchanges that were big at the time, other large, you know, organizations that were, you know, utilizing this technology. And I actually got a response back, you know, maybe about three or four days into the search because it was a, you know, full-time search. And I got a response back from uh, our, our founder, my current founder, where I am now, the crypto recruiter is Emily. And, you know, we, we really just hit it off. And I remember telling her that, you know, if I'm going to get back into recruiting, the only reason that I'm going to do is if, you know, I can work in a place where people love what they do, you know, respect the people in the space and, you know, don't treat people as if they're just a commodity. Right. Because that's, a, you know, a bad reputation that you get in the space is that, you know, everyone's in it just for the money or people don't really care about you or, you know, you're just a headhunter. You don't really, you know, have my, my best interest in mind. You're just trying to get paid. And then pretty much that's the end of the relationship. Right. And, you know, it really just clicked and I re resonated with what she said and, you know, how the reason why she wanted she started her organization. Right. It was about, because she wanted to put you know people first and really give them the royal carpet treatment throughout their experience. So we hit it off and had some conversations with some other team members. And uh, here we are today, a year and nine months later. Wow. You just connected so many dots. I mean, you went from 2016, 2015, learning about crypto, Bitcoin, all the way into jumping full. I mean, you kind of got to do that. Like, that's what I did. And actually, this was my question when you were saying that. I was thinking to myself, I was like, was there something that happened in your life personally that did it? And, and the context of the question is, yes. for me, it was my birthday. I looked at myself and I said, what am I doing with this podcast? And this podcast really was the time where I finally jumped all in because before it was called Wi-Fi and Water. It was a yeah. different thing. It was a different vibe. And I said, no, I'm just going to do crypto. But at that time, I had no idea how I was going to get guests. 
I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but I knew that it would all kind of come to me as I, you know, it's kind of like feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come type yes. situation. So for me, it was my birthday. And I feel like people have these these cathartic experiences around birthdays. Uh, it could be the loss of someone and it could be New Year's. These are the times where people are just like, I need to shift. So for you, what was it? Yes. Yeah, so before I actually made the official jump, and that was the summer of 2021. And it's, it's so crazy because at that time, like we're talking like COVID years, right? And this was like the first kind of full year really into COVID, right? And it was just like, this, it's just craziness. So the transition uh, or the acquisition of the nonprofit that I was working for before it got acquired by another one, that all went down. It started, I remember I got a, like an email and this was like, you know, no around Thanksgiving of 2020. And it was very short notice. And it's like, we're being acquired. And um, you ha- this is going to be the new people you report to. And I know that we're working remote right now, but that's probably going to change. And very little notice. It was like, I got the email on like that Wednesday. And it was like, we're going to meet the new company on Friday. And it was like, all right, well, this is this is happening. So uh, met the new team and great organization, right? You know, I definitely still was very passionate about what I was doing because before this, I was working with people that were, you know, low income, less fortunate, right? Uh, people that were in recovery and really helping them to, you know, become empowered on, the, on their own, right? And I, I was very passionate about it, loved it. And we were working fully remote and everything was great. And if you recall, right around that time, cases started to pick up, right? And there was really a lot of uncertainty kind of about like what's going on here. So within returning from the remote model to being back in office, I got COVID one and a half weeks after that, tr- after that started. So I remember feeling a little weird. I was just like, oh, this, this, this is strange. I'm like, I kind of losing a sense, my sense of smell. That, that's weird. I never had that happen before. Went and got a test for it and found out I had COVID. Now, this was very close to the holidays. So then I got another email that was like, you have to go into a 14-day quarantine. And this was right literally like the week before Christmas. And I remember being in quarantine by myself in a room, couldn't interact with anyone, couldn't see anyone. And my friends and family are all out around the holiday times. And it just gave me tons of time to think, extreme amounts of clarity. And by that time, I was really fully into crypto and blockchain. And I was just like, what am I doing? I was like literally scared to like go to bed because I'm like, what if I like start coughing at night or for like, you know, I have a, co- a coughing attack. And I don't wake up. And it literally really put this clarity in my mind that said, you know what? You have to do something that you are 100% all in on. You know, the time for just playing around and doing something to do it, you know, that has to end now. And it really kind of brought everything full circle and it made me believe in my potential. It made me believe in, you know, my abilities. And it really just was like this aha moment that like, you know what, you have to like, I don't, I didn't know at the time how or why I started to kind of, you know, make all these connections and, 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 and understand blockchain and see it. But I was a little bit too young to really maximize right back when like those fang companies were coming out right you know late eight late 90s early 2000s you know when like you know the amazons were still in a garage and things of that nature right i didn't at that at that time i didn't understand really the power of this technology and fast forward 20 plus years you see where those companies are right and i never thought that i would have a chance to be in on something early and like yes bitcoin's been around for over a decade now right it's still early like we are still at the infancy stage of this space. And this is just, you know, quote unquote crypto, right? I mean, we're not talking about blockchain. We're not really talking about Web3. We're not talking about the integration with AI or, you know, uh, the metaverse or VR or AR. Like we're just talking about one particular portion and all of these things that aren't even working together yet, right? So I, I would say it was back around that time of, of COVID and getting that to really open my eyes and say, like, I have to put more value on the interactions that I have in life. And I really have to be doing something that I'm fully in love with. So that was my aha moment. You know, it, it was, it was almost kind of like the, the, the fear of the, like literally the fear of dying. And when you're totally alone and you have nothing but time on your hands and you can't interact with anyone else, it's amazing what you think of. I knew it had to be something <laughs> that was changing the ship's direction. And I think that that's for anyone listening who's now in crypto or, you know, I say I like to say I'm in Web 2.5 because I work for a company that's very Web 2, but I'm bringing the Web 3. So I'm kind of the bridge in Web 2.5. And 
everyone I've talked to who just said what you just said about you just basically have to decide that you're going to jump and then jump. Everyone I know that's in crypto now made that decision. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I know Trevor because he does headhunting or HR or he can maybe help me get into crypto, please hear that loud and clear. Yeah. You just have to make that decision. And I love what you're saying about you were, you know, you were applying to all these things. You were looking at Coinbase. You were looking at Gemini. I've also applied to Coinbase. I've also applied to Gemini. also applied to Binance. And so, you know, I know that there are a lot of people that may be at a, at a similar point when they're trying to either enter the space or, you know, they've been like us, right? You know, enthusiasts for years. Like, and even that instance, right, the, the story of where I really kind of the aha moment for me, that was, you know, December, January 1st, like the first week of January. I stayed at that current job because, like, I was not going to just leave the people that I worked with or the company, you know, without being able to transition, right? I mean, that's just kind of the nature of who I am. And I was still very passionate about, you know, the people and the things and the problems that I was trying to solve. Right. And I stayed there for another six months, seven months. Right. And it literally was just like around that time. And, you know, I had putting I've been putting a lot of thought into it, talking to my partner about this. And I, I recall back at the time she had some uncertainty. She's like, wait, so you're going to go work for a crypto company and you you, you don't. What you like? What's the space like, and, and what's going on? But I had I had full conviction in it, and it was like I couldn't. I was spending way too much time being involved in it, and I felt like when I wasn't being involved with it, when I wasn't researching, when I wasn't you know watching a you know a YouTube channel, when I wasn't following some an influencer, that like it wasn't something that was like thoroughly like enjoyable to me. Yeah, it wasn't like intellectually challenging, indeed, and bringing you forward and. The question I have now is, are you a co-founder of Crypto Recruiters? Or did Emily kind of found it and then you were the first call that she made? No. So when the time I joined, we had a couple of folks on the team already. So I was one of the earlier people into the company, but she had been in operation for, you know, a couple of years by that, that point, right? And um, like I said, you know, I, I think to people that are searching, you have to really make sure that the people that you're involved with are, I mean, I know this sounds corny, but like good people, right? You know, and people that, you know, share your same belief system. Um, because if you're entering into crypto, Web3 blockchain, you know, especially in a startup environment, right? You're spending a lot of time with these people. You are, um, you're entrusting a lot into these individuals and, 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 and vice versa, right? So it was, it was the people. And then we've obviously grown since then and we're still growing and we're expanding and we're acquiring new clients and then we're setting up new verticals within our within the parent company and things of that nature. But, you know, it was about one putting in the hard work. Right. You know, a, a lot of people say, how many jobs should I apply to? And, you know, what number may work for one person may not work for another person. Right. Uh, because, I mean, I had a particular background, skill set and things of that nature. And, you know, I was very aggressive. I was very meticulous in my search. I had an Excel spreadsheet. I, I took log of how many jobs I applied to when I applied to those jobs and tried to analyze the data. When I wasn't getting a response, I would go back and then try to tweak that. Tons of outreach. And it was also, too, networking, right? Uh, and I think that now where we are, it's even more important to network. So my official title uh, at the company now is Director of Strategic Partnerships. Uh, and that's really encompassing several things, right? You know, um, business development. So trying to connect with new companies that are trying to scale, right, or supplement us. Uh, because once again, finding people that have been in this space and that really know about this space um, is difficult right now. And, you know, we'll get to this probably a little bit later in the conversation. But, you know, the market, a lot of clients are looking for people that have quote unquote experience in the space. Right. And you have to have some kind of professional experience in the space. And if they're going to work with a, you know, a third party or utilize the services of an agency, right, they are usually coming to us to find the hard positions, the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, you know, someone that's worked at a top 100, you know, by market cap project, uh, someone that can hit the ground running, someone that doesn't need to be handheld and really knows the space and can understand the space and can evolve with the space. So. You know, working for a startup environment, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. But one of the things that people have to understand, and, and even if you're not working with a startup, any, anything in this space, right? I equate a year in crypto, blockchain, and Web3 as dog years, right? Look at what happened to our industry in the last seven months. And any of those one things probably would have taken out 
an entire industry before. It could have been the collapse of something. But I, I, I went to an event and like literally, it's, people aren't even talking about this stuff. Major things that happen. It's just like it's moving and it's not stopping. The past is so inconsequential when you're on the forefront of nascent technology mm-hmm. because tomorrow is so much brighter than as dark as yesterday was. Mm-hmm. And I think that that hits on it. I think this is something that you and I said to each other when we met at Consensus for the first time IRL yes. was like, this is a really positive place. Like yes. people are actually happy to be here. And that's what I've heard other people say who have come from different industries and they've fallen into a Web3 space on Twitter or they're into an IRL space like at a conference or something. They're like, people are actually happy to go here. It's not like their job sent them there and they're like, yeah, I got to go represent the job. They're going to send me there. I'd rather be at home with my family, my loved ones, going to my gym, eating my food. They're like, no, no, no. This is actually a great place for us to kind of cultivate and organically grow. And I don't know if you see that in all the other industries out there, especially in tech. And you brought up something really interesting here. You said, you know what? I wasn't of age or I was too young when Amazon went from the garage idea with Jeff Bezos and a couple developers to being a unicorn and now being one of the biggest companies on the planet. Yeah. But you're like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to miss that again. So when you see that, then you're going to hop in. And the story that I want to like bring to that is kind of like, you know, small businesses in the 90s, if you and I had walked around Boston and we went to small businesses and we said, hey, we want to get you a website. We want to get you on the internet. They would have kind of looked, like, looked at us like we were crazy. And now it's like, hey, I really think you could improve your customer experience through tokenization. Yes. Let me tell you more about that. You're going to get that same response of like, I kind of think you're crazy. So for you... When you're trying to onboard companies and may, that maybe are more web two and try to talk to them about, you know, what they should be looking at as far as candidates for web three, because the story in my head is a lot of your job is talking to people that are not web three native or crypto native, but they're really curious. And so how are you trying to bring them into that fold? So if you and I were walking around saying, hey, I think you should tokenize your business, uh, you know, to improve your, your customer acquisition or something like that. What are those conversations like? Yeah. You know, to get into this space, one, I think that you have to, like you and I, right, you have to have that moment or you have to have a moment of, of, of conviction that says or makes you realize that this is where you want to be. And this is something that Emily talks about when we um, do our sessions on LinkedIn, when we're talking to the community and, and helping them, you know, trying to make that transition as well, too. Do you want to be, is this a maybe thing for you or are you all in on this? Now, if it's a maybe, that's okay. But, you know, to really succeed in this space and thrive in this space, you have to be all in. This isn't, you know, getting to this space, don't expect it to be a nine to five, right? You're most likely going to spend 12 hours a day, you know, your work component of it, but then also to continue to research and educate yourself. And then also too, right, meeting people in person. I mean, we didn't have that opportunity as much, you know, a few years ago, but now we're, we're, we're in an environment where that's possible now, right? You have to continuously be evolving in this space and you have to be ready for that, right? And one of the other reasons why, you know, I got into this space is because, and it's funny, I think that a lot of people can resonate with this is that you know, when I was talking to people about crypto and blockchain, like this, like this, it was like this blank stare, like this glaze over it. And it's kind of people just look like I hear words coming out of your mouth, but I don't know what you are talking about. And it was just like, I felt like I was on this lonely island by myself, researching and reading this stuff and learning how to self custody and setting up this and doing this and watching, you know, people on YouTube. And I just felt lonely. And I was just like, I need to be with people that get this. I need to be, I need to find my tribe, right? And what you had said too about, about that feeling of just like positivity. And, you know, when I first had that conversation with Emily, it was, it was that, that feeling, right? Almost all the conversations that I have with people that are looking for work in this space is just something about it. And I can't, you know, it's a certain je ne sais quoi. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's as if people... They care about each other in this space, you know, and every, you know, we're not all going to have the same, you know, uh, belief systems are, you know, uh, uh, there are different, obviously, opinions of what works and what doesn't work in this space and all that jazz. Right. But overall, you know, there's just like this feeling of just like, I want to, I want to see people succeed. I want to see that other person, you know, grow. I want, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very sharing space. People are generally here to help, 
uh, and people are there to share their knowledge, right? So I think that that's something that's really unique about this space. And I had posted about something about this on, on LinkedIn um, a few days ago about, you know, you don't have to be a lone wolf in this space, right? There are other people that have been where you are. And everyone has to start somewhere. And I think one of the important things is that if you want to be involved in this, in this industry, right? And for me, it took a while. But my advice for someone is that, like, you have to start right now. You might not, you know, be able to jump in and find that full-time job right off the bat, but you have to start. You have to start doing something, whether that's researching, whether that's networking in real life, whether that's attending events, whether that's trying to create your own NFT or, you know, trying to do anything. You have to start now. And we're at the point right now, honestly, where it's not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's not next month, it's not next year, it's now. Because I feel like we're at this precipice and things are getting ready to change dramatically and really start to kind of go down a roller coaster. We're definitely, it feels like we're, the roller coaster is a perfect analogy. Because if you've ever been on a roller coaster, there's that thing where you're climbing. Yeah. Everyone knows what's about to happen. Nothing can really stop it, barring, I guess, the system failing on the roller coaster or yeah. the analogy in crypto. Because the internet turning off forever. As that thing, because you come over the crest and you're about to go, it gets really exciting. And I do feel we're in the next six to 12 months. I think we're going to be right around that top. And you had just mentioned something that, that I, I think is, you've said the word multiple times. And I think every episode, there's words that just kind of come to yeah. the forefront. And you said the word evolve. You said, basically, the best people in this, and I'm going to TLDR, you can please correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically said, the people that are going to most succeed in crypto are the people that are most, and I was writing notes here, kind of mm -hmm. evolve. In the last episode, the, the, the word was being nimble, somebody who's adaptable. So if someone's listening to this yes. and they want to get a job in crypto, how do they become more evolutionary as a human on paper? Mm -hmm. And then also for a company, what are the things that you would look for to say, hey, I think this is the best candidate. They may not actually have the best, you know, they didn't work at Coinbase but they've been doing this thing on the side mm -hmm. and they've been kind of playing with BRC tokens or something. Mm -hmm. Or did you read what they wrote on mirror? Because that was pretty foundational and I'm not even sure if they're right, but they're yeah. asking questions. So yeah. what are things that candidates can do to kind of look adaptable, look nimble, look like they're ready for constant personal evolution and professional evolution. Yeah. And then what are things that you would tell a candidate or, you know, a client, Hey, I think this person is better because, you know, I think that one of the first kind of traits that you need to have is being persistent and resilient at the same time, right? You know, that's something that's extremely important. You have to be prepared for any and everything in this space. And I think I actually put a post on LinkedIn about this um, recently about, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? You, what worked yesterday may not necessarily work tomorrow. And this space moves at a million miles per second. Right. And that's some of the beautiful things about it. That's something that's extremely, extremely intriguing. That's what, you know, keeps you hungry and tenacious. But you have to really be ready to go all in on this and you can't stop. Right. Um, you have to have strategic alliances. Right. Build partnerships with people that are like minded. Right. People that can uh, you can benefit off of each other's talents and you can grow from one another. Right. You have to be flexible. You have to be nimble. And I think that's something that's really, really important. Right. This is a place and, and a space where. You don't know what's going to happen. And if, you know, your brilliant idea today, right, that might be something that others start to learn about tomorrow. Or, you know, you have a lot of copycats, right? You know, saying that you have the best L1, now it's just like, okay, well, I've heard that a million times. What is different about that? So you really have to always be evolving and always learning. And you have to put as much time into your self-evolution as you would in terms of, you know, the company that you work for or the team that you're building with, right? You know, this is something where you have to market yourself. You know, you have to be constantly thinking about how can I connect with other people and thought leaders in this space? And I think that that's really important for people to understand that they need to succeed in. I foresee, you know, where it's not so much, you know, just your resume anymore. And clients are looking for this as well, too, right? Like, they're, they're, they're looking at your content now. And you're starting to see that more, right? Uh, if you're a developer, what's your GitHub? Like, I need to see what you've done. What products have you worked for? And not only what products have you worked for, were you savvy enough to understand that, you know, working to spot a rug pull? 
right? Like they don't want you to, to have worked for a rug pull because if, if they do, then it's like, wow, you didn't understand that the tokenomics of this are, you didn't understand the space enough to know that this wasn't legitimate. And if it, why would you, why would you, I want to bring someone that worked for someone that wasn't trying to do this the right way. And I think that we get a, a bad rap uh, and a lot of negative connotations in this space. And there are, don't, yes, there are people that are doing things like this, right? There are nefarious players in any industry, especially when it's starting out. But overall, this is a space that, for the most part, people are trying to solve a problem. People are trying to do something that has never been done before. Uh, this is a time where people are trying to implement, you know, everything that's coming along with the fourth industrial revolution, right? And, and how this landscape is going to change. And it's going to change our lives in ways that I don't even think we can comprehend. I mean, I couldn't see 10 years ago me being able to have a video conference with something on, someone on my cell phone and then use this and do coding like, and have a video. Like, what? I'm playing video games on my phone now. I'm taking phone calls now. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I can take a million pictures. I didn't see that happening, right? And if that happened in Web 2 or Web 1, imagine what's going to happen in Web 3. It's almost, you know, sometimes having confines around things are easier. If I say, go write me a novel, Trevor, and that's all I say. Yeah. Eh, it's kind of difficult. If I say, Trevor, go write me a novel of 100 words and you have 20 days, well, now you've got some confines here and you yeah. have to figure out how to, you know, leverage your resources of time and energy to, to get that out. And so sometimes it's like, it's brilliant, but I also <laughs> find personally sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, if the sky is the limit, you know, uh, am, I, am I going to Mars? And you said something there about looking for candidates. You said they need to be able to market themselves. Yes. And you had posted something on LinkedIn, and I wanted to reference it. You said, yeah. you know, if you want to have a successful career in blockchain, here are seven important lessons that can help. Reading this will only take two to three yeah. minutes. I love that you did that. Yeah. And you said people should go read it. I will link this in the episode show notes. But you outlined seven things. Flexibility, strategic alliances, trust and reputation, persistence and resilience, adequate risk management, long-term vision, and embrace and vision. And that should all kind of be in someone's personal brand yes and now let's get to personal brands because that's basically what we're talking about the marketing yourself what are the things that help a candidate to stand out from others because grant and i from not crypto bros the other day we had a really candid conversation about yeah. this and i know personally having my websites up helped yeah. me to get hired for my for my current job because while in the final interview i screen shared and i showed him a couple things that i was doing and yes. it get back it gets back to the base idea of, of crypto which is bitcoin's proof of work yes you really have to show people what you've done they don't care what school you went to yes they don't care whatever it's what have you done and who do you know and how are you working with them? And so for a personal brand, what is what are like the three things? And I'm just giving you a number because it's round, but like what are the things that you would look for? Is it a well-curated Twitter? I don't know. If it's a GitHub, if they're technical, for sure. Is it a personal website that kind of talks about their things? Is it a great medium channel? Is it a good YouTube? What are the things, and obviously it's different for everyone, but for you, what are the things that you look for if you're just looking at a candidate for five seconds on their digital footprint? Yeah. It's going to be what they've done in the space, right? So it's the quality and quantity of the work. I think that's something that, you know, we, you kind of really have to start off the bat. And you have to make sure that what you've done in the space is explicit, right? You have to, you can't let someone else paint the picture of your sky, essentially, right? So y a lot of people, when I have conversations with them and, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of recruiters and a lot of other, you know, people in their space, they're not going to take more than 30 seconds, 30 seconds to a minute to really make an, an assumption of who you are by what you have on your social media and what you have on your LinkedIn profile or what you have on your Twitter account. Um, and especially when that comes to a resume, most people are only spending 30 seconds to a minute browsing that. And if you don't have things that pop out that tell your story and that makes it extremely clear and specific why you fit for the role, you're going to get overlooked. And a lot of times too, it doesn't have to do anything about your skill. Like you might be a, the perfect fit for a job, but believe it or not, right? In crypto and blockchain in, in this space, sometimes, you, you know, you post a job at noon, these companies probably have 400, 500 applicants by the end of the day. So it could just be like, hey, you, you weren't there at the right time to see when they posted that job and you sent your resume a little, little bit after the top 50 people because if you can find talent in the top 50 people that look like a good fit we're gonna start here there's no reason logically right 
for, you know, an individual to go through all of those profiles, right, at that time because they're trying to fill a particular need, right? Um, these companies are posting these positions, and it it's probably, you know, a few weeks to a month or so before you know, they really have in their mind made up what they need before they actually post these jobs. So what if you were speaking to uh, someone that worked for an organization and it was an organic conversation and you, they said, hey, you know what, we're thinking about starting a, you know, a, a marketing division for my startup. And you have a background, you're a CMO, and you've been in the space, you know, doing your own individual projects, you're a contributor, you're working for a DAO, and you love marketing and you love what they're all about. Well, you have that conversation with that person and you put that seed in their mind about what your potential was a month and a half before they even posted the job, right? So that's your advantage. That's your first mover advantage. So you have to always kind of be ahead of the game, you know, when you're applying for roles and things like that. And it's, it's really important to make sure that all of that stuff's tight, right? We have something that's called Blockchain Brunch um, that we have hold every Wednesday uh, on LinkedIn. And, you know, that's one of our ways of giving back to the community because it's, 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 everyone has these questions. And I meet and I speak and I talk to a lot of bright people. But they, are, they don't have the slightest clue of even where they need to be in the space. You know, uh, people are super serious about this. I said, do you have a Twitter account that's focused towards crypto solely? And they're like, no. And I'm like, if you're not on crypto Twitter, I do, mean. Do it, you exist? It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of it's, like that, right? It's and, like that. And I found, I found successful companies that have been through multiple series rounds of funding. Right. And they don't even have a presence on LinkedIn, but they're on Twitter and they're commenting and they have 20,000 followers on Twitter, but they might have 400 on LinkedIn. Right. So you have to make sure that you're utilizing all the channels. You have to make sure that you're present. And I think that one of the other things is that you need to make sure that you're consistent. So it goes back to the quality of what you've done and then being able to quantify that. I think that's really important. Something else that, you know, I think that employers look for is they look for people that understand what they're trying to do, are, are truly knowledgeable about the space that they're trying to be in, right? You know, if you're trying to work for, you know, a blockchain uh, or a protocol or, uh, or a project that was built on or implementing, you know, Ethereum, you need to know about the evolution of Ethereum, right? If you're working for a company that is trying to be in a, a completely other ecosystem, if you're trying to work for an NFT studio, you need to know about NFTs. Like, and it's not like something that you read about, but you have to be intimately knowledgeable about the subject matter. You have to be able to understand it inside and out. You have to be able to talk the talk and walk the walk. So I think that's another important thing is just, you know, communicating you know, what you know about this space. And having the knowledge is important, but I think that's something that sometimes people lack is being able to express that knowledge to show me how you got there, to show me what you know, right? And that kind of goes back to the, qua the quantification part of it, right? When you're writing a resume, you know, I was a project manager for a blockchain company. You know, that could be your first line. Well, what kind of blockchain was it? What was the size of your team? How many projects did you manage? What was the result of that, right? Using the STAR method. When you're analyzing companies, strength, weakness, opportunities, threats, SWATs, like there's all these things that you have to make sure that you are putting into yourself um, when you're marketing and you have to be clear and concise. You know, it, it can't be wishy-washy. There can't be any uh, room for interpretation when you're a candidate. Right. So I know that that's a lot there, but you really have to make sure that you are making it clear to the other individuals, whether that's a recruiter or a, a founder, what you're all about. And I think that one of the last parts, right, that would be really important. And there's so many pieces, though, but the passion is really, really important, being passionate about it. And then also, too, now, I think that it's really important to understand that your content that you're putting out it's huge, right? People won't believe you if they scroll through your profile and you don't have anything that's related to what you say you do, right? If you want to be a, a CMO or you want to work for a particular company, but you've 
if you have less than 500 followers on LinkedIn or if you don't have a presence on Twitter, you have zero followers, people kind of say like, um, are you really about this space? Are you really involved in it? So there's so many different things and we could talk about this forever, but I think that, you know, the quantifying your work um, and, and, and doing quality work um, that's relevant to the opportunities you're looking for, making sure that you are really good at communicating what you have done and then what you're also all about and what you can do for an organization. I think that's really important. Always be evolving. And I think that having a passion for the space and, and being very knowledgeable about the space and continuing to learn about the space is extremely important. So those are probably a little bit more than three things, but I think those are you know really, really important for the people that are in the space and that people are also trying to enter the space because I meet people and they say, I, I, I really love this space. I'm really passionate about this space. I'm, I'm, I, like, I, I, I spend thousands of hours. I go, well, you and everyone else does that. And if you're not taking the time to showcase why you're different from everyone else, then you're probably not going to stand out. And then if you haven't, if you're not standing out, what you need to do is do things and be actively involved in things that are going to make you stand out, right? Double down on what your strong points are. Try to find something that you would, wouldn't mind doing for free and then trying to apply that to Crypto Blockchain Web3. You know, using transferable skills, I think that's another important thing is really understanding your transferable skills and thinking about, you know, what have other people just naturally said, wow, like you're, you're good at that. Oh, wow. Like you seem really like, you seem like you're really into that, right? Like, is there a way that you can, you know, transition that into the kind of industry that you want to be in um, and, and making sure that, you know, just because you may not have been in the space or, you know, let's say that you weren't a particular title or a product manager or whatever the case, but you've done similar things in the past too, right? Those skills might be applicable to the role that you're trying to get in the future. But it's about, like I said, telling that story. And I think that a lot of people, they have a hard time doing that or they don't understand the way to do that. And that's one of the things that I enjoy most about the role that I work in is because I'm able to talk to people and then get that time to really fully understand their story and then help them to articulate that and to conceptualize it and under a, a page on a resume or within you know a 200-word summary on LinkedIn. Because it might just be that little second that you have that's going to make a person determine whether they, yeah, this person's worth my time or they're not, right? So it's all about time. And I think that you have to put a lot of time in this space and understand that time is one of the most valuable resources that we have, right? That everything that you're doing, that you put your time in, is not for free. Like even people say, well, I watched, you know, 10,000 hours of YouTube videos and they were all for free. Well, were they for free? What could you have been doing with those other 10,000 hours? Were you sacrificing the time that you could spend with friends and family? What, what else were you doing, right? So what is free, right? So you have to really put a lot into this to get a lot out. And you have to be willing to do extraordinary things to get extraordinary results. YouTube University, for everyone listening, is not free. It has very high tuition because it's your time. And I love that you called that out. And, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about the small business and you and I walk around in the 90s and say, hey, you got to get on the Internet. And now we're walking around saying, hey, you should tokenize your, your yeah. customer base. You know, how someone gets into the Internet in 1998 when they graduate high school or college or they're looking for a job is taking transferable skills from whatever was pre-Internet and saying, how can I bring them into the Internet? And now we're in that same thing because... It's kind of impossible for someone to have eight years in NFTs. I know they've been out for like 20, 14, 20, 15. That's when they first, I think 2013 was the earliest time they kind of did something on chain. But like, you know, we've seen the memes of HR where it's like, you know, 22 years of Bitcoin experience. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I know that 21 to 2022 felt like 22 years. Yeah. But really having a year now can speak to that. But one of the last things you said I think is fascinating because I think it's wiping out a lot of millennials mm -hmm. and Gen Xers. And that is being able to market yourself yeah. and being able to use the tools that are out there, primarily social media, to not just share dog photos, mm -hmm. to be able to get on, put the camera on yourself and say something about yeah. anything. Yeah. And this is like Gary Vee's biggest thing. He's just like, put the camera on yourself and start talking. Yeah. And Naval Ravikant once said, you want to find work that to everyone else looks like hard work, but for you is play. Yes. And that yes. really hit home for what you were saying. It's like, no, find the thing that everyone's like, hey, you know, like you're really good at that lean in, and then just see how that applies to Web3. And now I want to go back to the seven things that you said, hey, these, these will help you be a candidate, mm -hmm. and focus on number two, which is strategic alliances. Yes. Because one of the things we spoke about off mic was your network is your net worth. 
And number two, strategic alliances, you say, partnering and collaborating with like-minded individuals can be very beneficial. By collaborating with other businesses, initiatives, or people, you may take use of your complementary abilities, pool resources, and improve your chances of success. You don't have to be a lone wolf. Talk to me now about a candidate leveraging whatever they're doing. For example, like I have not crypto bros. That allows me to not be a lone wolf trying to understand and have conversations around Web3. What are you looking for in a candidate as far as not being a lone wolf and how can yeah. they do that? Is it co-publishing stuff with people? It's a lot, right? It's, it's just, I think that the, in, in the essence of it all, it's about that proactive nature in the individual, right? Like you cannot wait for someone else to do this for you. You can never put your trust and your success in this space in someone else. You have to trust yourself. You have to believe in your abilities and be a go-getter and, and kind of go out and get it, right? So you may be an enthusiast. You may be doing a little bit, right, with your own projects and stuff like that. But we're still in a space, right, where if you're trying to get into, especially with a big or large organization, they want actual experience, right? So how can you get that? A lot of people say, well, I've been applying for jobs and I can't get a full-time job. So if I can't get a full-time job, then I'm like, it's like the what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? You know, you get into the cycle of like, well, no one wants to give me a shot. I can't get any experience. Have you volunteered? Have you contributed to a community? Are you a part of a DAO? Have you hopped on a Twitter space? Have you? There's like 70,000 every night and they're fascinating. Yes. I, I just think hopping on Twitter spaces and asking questions and getting on mic is very helpful for anyone. Yeah. I listened to a developer, a uh, conversation for developers for, I don't know what it was, Hedera or something like that. And it was just like very technical, crazy code stuff. And I was just like, what? but like there were little parts of it. Where I was just like, I'm like, oh, well, I know about this and I know how this works. And OMG, like now I understand that like this is really big and this is why, you know, you can't just jump from one to the other or why you're going to particularly use a particular programming language, Rust or Move or Solidity and this and that and smart contracts, how this, and it's like, oh, it's like, aha. So you have to do things, right? You have to put yourself um, in situations and open your mind. You have to, that's really important, like being open-minded. You have to think about what's coming next and that you can't just double down and expect that what your role is can be just that, right? And if you're in this space, you're probably going to have to wear multiple hats. And then, you know, you may start off wearing five hats. You might, that might move to 10 and that might move to two, but that might move to three. Or you might have to go and start wearing another different article of clothing, right? At some point, right? Because it's just like that. You just basically were talking about how to learn a new language. Mm-hmm. And before we get on mic, and shout out to Scott, who's letting us use his apartment for this recording. <laughs> we were talking about Spanish. Now, I was born in Colombia and adopted. So Spanish is not my native tongue. But I've spent so long there that I feel super comfortable with it. But one of the reasons why you learn language when you are immersed is because you stop looking at something, thinking about it in your native language, and then thinking about it in the language you learn. You skip that middle step. Yeah. So your brain starts to see the chair, not as a chair. Oh, what's the word for chair? Oh, it's Sia. Yeah. You just start to see Sia because the person you're with is like, do you want a Sia? And you're like, yeah. what's a Sia? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I want that. Yep. I want that, that being a, a Sia, not a chair. And so the only way to really understand crypto is really kind of to dive whole head in. So you don't see the chair, you see the Sia. And I know I'm using yes. a Spanish analogy, but no, I think it's, it's pretty silly. It's a beautiful analogy. You have to not only like talk the talk, but you have to be able to walk the walk, right? And, you know, you have to treat yourself like a business. You know, what are you going to do if someone doesn't come to your store and you open it? You had a grand opening for a brand new store. You put so much time and effort into it. And you said, this is my baby. And if someone doesn't come to your store for the first day, are you just going to go home and close up shop? Are you going to market? Are you going to say, okay, well, this is not working. Maybe I need to do that. Or maybe I need to get advertising. Or maybe I need to go out and talk to people. Do people even know that your store exists? It might be the best thing in the world to you. Or you may think that, you know, you did a project that was so amazing and this and that. And, you know, you, know, you have to be humble as heck in this space. And if you don't, if you're, crypto, <laughs> crypto has a way of humbling people. There are a lot of great minds in this space. And, like, I've seen some of the even people that I look up to. And I've seen crypto humble, humble people. And it changes your perspective and it makes you get very intimate into who you are. It challenges you. It tests you. It's something that 
fundamentally changes you. Once and once you change that way, your coding starts to get you know rewritten. How is you don't, it? You how don't has think it changed you? I want to I want to interject. How has it changed you? It's changed me. I have a hard time turning it off. Like you know, so remember when Neo started to seeing like you know the, you start seeing like the codes in the yeah, lines he, and like well well he always saw the code but he didn't yeah, see but the like code. he no, like he now he's he understands it right now like and it, it becomes to the point like it, it clicks for you and now it's just like I'm thinking all the time about what this is gonna be so yes this is my profession right but for me there's not a moment where I'm not thinking about some kind of use case or how this technology will be applicable in terms of my life, my friends' lives, my family's lives, my colleagues' lives, the people that I care about, and the people that, you know, I don't even have any knowledge of who they are. It's going to fundamentally change the way that we all live. And it's just so fascinating for me. This has been absolutely phenomenal. And for anyone listening, you need to take all this advice and check the episode show notes. I'm going to leave a bunch of links. Do you want to shout out where people can find you if they want to continue the conversation, if they're looking for a job or if they're a company that's looking to hire? I'm assuming Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Check me out there. Um, LinkedIn's probably, you know, I'm, I'm good there. So Trevor at, we're at the Crypto Recruiter there. So you can find my page and we'll, we'll drop all these links there. Um, I'm at Crypto Recruiter and that's um, with an A-H at the end instead of E-R because I'm from Boston. So that's, that's my Twitter handle. Connect with me definitely uh, and we'll leave some of this information afterwards as well too so that people can find me and we can chat a little bit more. Absolutely. All the links will be in the episode show notes and Trevor, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this episode of More Than Blockchain. And if you'd like to get in touch with Trevor, go ahead and check out the show notes and I'll leave all of his contact information there. As always, please follow us on social media at More Than Blockchain. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you know someone who's trying to get into Web3 or crypto or maybe make a move within Web3 or crypto, go ahead and share them this episode as I'm sure it will bring them some value. Thanks again for checking out More Than Blockchain. And I'll see you next time.